Welcome to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast with Jacob Ayers, providing actionable content to help you along your journey to financial freedom through real estate investing. As the premier asset class, real estate has helped ordinary people just like you amass fortunes. The benefits of passive income from real estate investing will allow you to live a life you want. And now your host, entrepreneur, real estate investor, and apartment deal syndicator, Jacob Ayers. Hi, and welcome to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast, episode 141. Hi, I'm your host, Jacob Ayers. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. This week's episode is brought to you by Commercial Loan Success. Now today I've got a special guest on the show and that is my longtime friend, Christian Montaldo. Christian is a young professional, food microbiologist and real estate investor in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metro. Christian and her husband Cameron have house hacked their way to eight units in less than two and a half years using conventional financing, sweat equity and tons of hard work. Outside of working her full-time job and building a real estate empire, Christian loves to spend time with her family travel, exercise, read, and of course, listen to podcasts just like this and audiobooks. So without further ado, let's jump into this week's episode. Christian, thanks so much for joining us today. It's been a long time coming to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Jacob. I am so excited to um, be talking with you today. Oh man, it's going to be so fun, Christian. Well, hey, for the audience members that don't know you out there, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, your education, and how you got started investing in real estate. Sure, sure. Well, I live in Fort Worth. Um, sorry, I'm from Fort Worth, Texas. I currently live in Irving, Texas. Um, I went to Oklahoma State for my bachelor's and master's, uh, which I got in food science, specialized in food microbiology, which has nothing to do with real estate at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, couldn't probably be farther than real estate. Um, and then what I do for my W-2 job, um, I for the past five years, I've worked in a very interesting field, um, which is contract cleaning for food production facilities. My company cleans basically food processing plants where you get everything from your dairy products, bakeries, chicken nuggets, everything. Um, and I work in safety and food safety. So I go in almost as like an auditor, um, internal auditor to help out and make sure quality is good. So literally my life could not be any farther from real estate. Yeah, that's funny. And you know, there are a lot of people out there, Christian, don't have backgrounds in real estate investing, or, you know, real estate at all. I tend to see lots of accountants, engineers, science majors, like lots of different people kind of gravitate towards real estate investing for whatever sense. So yeah, really cool. So now that you don't have any background in real estate, here you are a young professional working in your first job out of college. What drew you to real estate investing? How'd you get started investing? You know, just kind of walk us through that journey. Sure, sure. Well, um, I would, after, as a recent, recent college grad, um, I actually made pretty decent money in my first job. And I was spending that money like crazy. Um, my first job was, was really hard. Um, I traveled 90% of the time. Um, and I work nights in my, in my industry. So I would either drive or fly. And I was just having a good time my first year or so. And then um, one night I was driving down to Houston actually, and it was probably 10 o'clock at night headed to a, 
I don't know, chicken plant, something like that. <laughs> and it just dawned on me that, you know, what I'm doing is not sustainable. And at the level that I was spending money, at the level that I was living, you know, not sleeping a lot, um, I knew it was not sustainable. And I love my job, um, but I was just worried. I was like, you know, I want to have kids one day. I, I, want, I was engaged at the time, so I knew I wanted to be married. I wanted to be a good wife one day. And so I just kind of started becoming obsessed with the idea of figuring out another route or maybe a background route to help supplement my income. Um, so that I could just start working towards financial freedom. Um, I didn't really know what that route was. I was praying about it, trying to figure it out. And um, one one day, a good friend of mine named Jake Bears um, <laughs> said, hey, I've been listening to this awesome podcast uh, called, it's a Get Rich Education by Keith Weinhold. Yes. Why don't you take a listen? And of course, um, you and I were good friends and we always talked back and forth about different things in life. And so I instantly, you know, just downloaded it and it blew me out of the water. I think it was probably nine 30 at night. I was headed to a food processing plant and I was hooked. I just could not believe uh, that first podcast where he talks about his first property and a friend's property and this and that and house hacking. I just knew this is exactly for me. This is what I need to be doing. Yeah, I love it. Well, Christian, as you know, this is something I mentioned lots on the show is, you know, when you're raised like you and I were, you kind of raised with this blueprint to go to school, get a good education, you get a master's degree, and you thought that would prepare you for, you know, life after college. And it got you to a really good point. But you're kind of left like many people out there like, okay, what's next? There's got to be something more like I didn't work my whole life just to inspect chicken nuggets, you know, for yeah. nights forever, right? <laughs> yeah. So you had to start like looking for something else. And Yeah, I mean, there was even a point where I was thinking, man, I need to just go back to school again. I need to get my PhD. Maybe there's something there. Um, and nothing's wrong with that. Uh, people who choose that route. Um, but I just knew in the back of my head, that's not what I wanted to do. And um, basically, my whole drive home, I think I had a six or seven hour drive home after that work trip where I just blasted Keith Weinhold's podcast the whole way home. And I got home to my fiance and I was like, I figured out what we're doing for the rest of our lives. First, we're going to live off one income and we're going to save all of our money and we're going to get married and we're going to find the cheapest apartment we can live in. And then we're going to buy a duplex and we're going to live in one side and rent out the other. And he just kind of looked at me like, Oh, okay. That, that sounds wonderful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And obviously it didn't, it probably sounded horrible, but, um, I played him the podcast as well, talked about it. We started looking at numbers and, and pretty much from that day on, that's what we started doing. Yeah. Awesome. So now that you've made this decision, Hey, I'm going to invest in real estate. What did you decide to do next? How'd you buy that very first property? And just kind of walk us through that transition. Yeah. So, um, probably from about the time that I discovered the podcast, um, it took about a solid year, almost I think about 11 months for me when we finally closed on our first deal. Um, but it was good. Um, we were getting married in between those 11 months. Uh, we had a lot of different things going on, but, um, we kept our eye on the prize the entire time. Um, we had a wedding, we were planning all that kind of stuff, but always in the back of my mind, I was planning, I, um, was reading, I was studying for eight or nine months solid. And then we just saved every penny we could. Um, and then I went to about the eight, nine month mark into saving and just balancing things. Um, I went to a real estate agent and I said, Hey, this is what I'm looking for. It took a couple months to find our first deal. Um, and then it took a couple months to get an offer going through and all that. But we ended up finding a duplex in North Dallas that we bought for two, uh, just over $200,000. Um, we did an FHA loan, three and a half 
7.5% down. 30-year mortgage. Um, the whole thing with closing costs, if I remember correctly, costed us around $11,000, $12,000 total. Um, and yeah, it was awesome because we instantly went from living in a tiny apartment that we were paying $900 a month to living in, it was a great size duplex. Um, it was a three bed, two bath with one side rented out and we were paying $500 a month. So it was, it was pretty awesome. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. So, so much to like unpack there. So, you know, now you've decided you're going to buy a duplex and some of the benefits of that is you're going to live in one side of it, rent out the other and use a low down payment. So walk us through what that looked like for you. You kind of gave us some rough numbers, but people might be thinking, well, Christian, I can't afford a $200,000 duplex. I'm a recent college graduate or I don't have any experience. How did you come up with that? And how'd you afford it? Yeah. So, um, again, it took us a couple months. I know people who can save up $10,000 in three months, you know, a couple months. It took us, you know, eight or nine months of hardcore saving. I'm talking $40 a week grocery budgets. I mean, we were doing whatever it took to get that first deal. Um, Again, that's not for everyone. And that's definitely not a lifestyle that we planned on living forever, but we were doing whatever it took to get that first deal. Um, So it, and it was funny. We, I didn't stop. I didn't start looking once I had the 13, thousand or 11,000, whatever it was. But, um, I started looking when I had about 8,000 because I knew if I came across the right deal, I would be begging and borrowing to get that last little bit, whatever I needed. Um, it was funny. Uh, one of one hurdle we ran into was in the process. They, we were originally trying to do a 5%, um, down first time home buyers loan first. Okay. And uh, because that's what we were just advised to do is our first deal. And even though I'd done a lot of research, I was like, no, I want the FHA. They were like, no, you should take advantage of the 5%. And then we got declined for the 5% because we actually didn't have enough cash to put down on it. And I was like, well, my dad has money. And they're like, well, your the money needs to be in your account for like 60 days. And there's this whole process. And I was like, okay, let's do FHA, you know, please. That's what I wanted to do before. Um, so we saved and we found the deal. Um, we made an offer the first day we saw the deal, um, because in the DFW Metroplex, it is, uh, kind of a, a, it is a competitive marketplace. Um, so basically by the time we had looked and looked and looked for about two or three months, we knew exactly what we were looking for. So when we stumbled upon it, there was no sitting thinking about it. We walked through the front doors, did a quick walk around and, we made an offer. Um, and then, yeah, we, it, at the end of it all, after closing costs, all that kind of stuff, it was about $12,000. So we did a 3.5% FHA loan, which meant that we were going to live in the property for one year. So we were buying this property knowing we were going to live in the property. When you're looking at investing in real estate, you think like, oh yeah, I'm going to buy a duplex, live in one half of it, rent the other. It's all going to be great. And then you get into all these, you know, finite details, like 5% conventional first time home buyers loan versus the FHA loan. And you start figuring things out as you go. Well, I think that fear keeps a lot of people from ever getting started. Like they don't know all of these details up front. So they want to wait until they, you know, get everything, you know, all in line before they pull that trigger. And what I liked about what you did is you jumped in and started doing things and figuring it out as you went. And uh, yeah, it's working out for you. So great. So so you yeah. get into that duplex. Now run us through some numbers. So before that duplex, you and your husband, Cameron, were renting an apartment for what was it? $900 a month. It was one bed, one bath apartment. It was a little more expensive because we were actually living month to month. We didn't want to be locked into a contract because we wanted that when we found that deal and closed on it to be able to just be free to move out. Um, but yeah, and it was in a relatively uh, decent area for both of our jobs. Um, so it wasn't the most expensive. We definitely had friends paying $1,200, $1,400, $1,600 a month for apartments. We were 
kind of in the lowest end that we could um, be comfortable. And yeah, it was crazy. And then we get into this um, first property. Our mortgage was sixteen eighty a month, and the tenants on the other side were paying eleven fifty a month. So sixteen eighty minus eleven fifty, I think we were paying. We were just paying over five hundred dollars out of pocket, and you know we had other little expenses. But again, we put started putting almost $400 a month back into our pockets. We had three times as much space and um, we were paying towards, you know, our money was going towards something we own an asset rather than something we were just renting. Yeah. I love it. So, so you go from paying $900 in rent to now living in a place you own and only paying $500 because you've got the tenant next door paying some of your monthly mortgage for you. So really great. That really dramatically changes your financial picture in just that instance. So here you are like all of a sudden in a dramatically different financial picture from day one of closing on this duplex. It really, really was. And, um, an important thing to that happened in our lives, uh, during our first couple months in that duplex, we were living in it for about six months and I found out I was pregnant. Um, and you know, we were scared, we were so nervous, but one of the best feelings in the world was knowing that we weren't locked into this super expensive rent or super expensive mortgage. And we knew we wanted to keep on with our goal of um, saving up and getting ready for the next property. Um, so it was, that was one of the best things was thinking, okay, we can afford daycare and extra diapers and things, you know, this wasn't going to be as much of a, a pain for us financially because we had already made this adjustment in one of our biggest expenses. Yeah. And something I want to dig into here, Christian, is kind of the lifestyle and the sacrifices you guys made to do this because living in this duplex probably wasn't your first choice. It wasn't the best piece of real estate in all of DFW, yes. right? So, yeah, so yeah. you're making some sacrifices. You're moving to a neighborhood that maybe you wouldn't usually move to. Whereas, yes. you know, maybe your coworkers and your friends are living in high rise, you know, apartments and downtown <laughs> and, you know, you know, driving swanky cars and, you know, doing all that. So talk about the sacrifices you made and, you know, what, what you guys had to do to do that. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, we've we've made quite a few sacrifices over the past couple of years. Um, so our place, although it was really spacious, um, we first moved in and the carpets and everything were disgusting. It smelled awful. So <laughs> one of the biggest things we had to do was room by room. We replaced flooring. We got the place painted. Um, and the funny thing was we had to move in it pretty quick. So there was no like really downtime to get in there and clean it out first. It was just almost like a little mini live-in flip. Um, not exactly a flip because it really just needed flooring and some, some little minor repairs. Um, so that was a sacrifice. And yeah, um, so I like to describe that first property as in a neighborhood where we never had any problems. I wouldn't ever um, buy a property and move my family in an area that was not safe. Um, but it wasn't really a place that with my newborn baby, we'd go for walks outside. Um, you know, we'd <laughs> drive up the street to a park in a different neighborhood and kind of go for a walk. Um, but yeah, we, again, we had no issues. I, I wasn't scared. Um, and I've been raised to just not be scared of stuff like that. You know, I know what my limits are and I sometimes may push them, but, <laughs> but I, I do know what my limits are. And so, yeah, we made sacrifices like that. Um, you know, we had those tenants next door getting to know them. They were also used to a different management style. Um, we acquired those tenants through purchasing the property, but we just built a relationship with them, you know, a good professional relationship and they're actually still our tenants today. Yeah, that's awesome. So here you are 11 months prior, never having any real estate experience, not being really interested in real estate investing to any sense, really. You play Keith Weinhold's Get Rich Education podcast. 11 months later, here you are. You've got a duplex. It's kind of your aha moment, like your yeah. proof of concept here. You're like, wow, this is like really works. It, you know, it turns out like, you know, it's supposed to. So 
great. What'd you do next? So I will say actually, um, you know, I, although I was super thrilled and just felt like, you know, we were living on cloud nine because this was my dream. Um, I think my husband, he kind of uh, struggled a little bit more with it all. Uh, the property turned out to be an hour away from his job. So he was having almost a two hour commute um, every single day. So that Once was again, another one of those sacrifices. sacrifices. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, but I just kept telling him like, this is not going to be forever. This is not going to be forever. And I didn't want, I knew easily if we didn't make the jump and make the change really quickly, um, we would, you know, maybe be stuck there. And especially with a baby coming, maybe we'd be comfortable and sit there for a while. So at the one year mark, my son was one week old and I was sitting at home on maternity leave, literally like nursing him or something. And I was like, well, it's time to refinance. Let me make a phone call right now. And I literally, I couldn't even drive. Um, I wasn't cleared to drive for like six weeks or anything like that. I was just had to sit at home and I called, um, the closest bank, the bank that actually our loan was through. And I was like, Hey, I want to refinance. I want to know, um, if you know, my property is a, you know, appraised for higher than what, what we bought it for. And I just, I need to, I'm, I'm ready for the next step, you know? And so we went through the refinance process and that was like having, buying another house. It was kind of lengthy and a lot more work than I thought it was going to be, but our house ended up appraising for $40,000 more than what we originally bought it for. And I know that's not the case for every situation, but for us it did. And that's when I had my aha moment. Uh, we basically went into the Burr method as people have heard the buy rehab, refinance, repeat. And, um, I mean, we refinanced it appraised for more and I was ready to repeat the process. Yeah. So let's, let's, uh, explain why you decided to refinance at this one year mark and what that refinance allowed you to do. Sure. So um, when you buy an FHA loan, um, when you buy with an FHA loan, you are saying that you're going to live in the property for at least one uh, cal calendar year, 12 months, basically, which was fine because we needed a place to live anyways. Um, and then from there, you can't, you're not supposed to move out from that property and you can't refinance into a conventional loan um, until that one year mark. The reason why we would want to refinance out from a three and a half percent down loan to a 20% conventional loan is so that we can be released of that FHA loan and then be able to use it again for the next property. You can use FHA, I believe 10 times, um, but you can only have one FHA at a time. So we knew we wanted to get out of that FHA loan, get our duplex into a conventional and then start looking for the next FHA property. So this method worked out so great for you guys. You decided you're going to rinse and repeat and do it again. So you go out and you start looking for more property because you are now going to be a real estate investor. So walk us through what this is looking like at this point. <laughs> yeah. So I was on maternity leave for 10 weeks. One weekend I refinanced, I think, uh, eight weeks in we closed on the refinance and before we closed on the refinance, I had called my agent and I was like, I'm ready to start looking. And I am, if you can imagine, you know, postpartum, I'm viewing um, rundown duplexes and fourplexes with a baby in my arms, carrying him up, you know, shaky stairs and stuff. Probably not the best choice, but I was so motivated <laughs> to get into that next place. Um, we ended up finding a uh, what was it? It took a couple of months and we ended up finding a fourplex and that's where we currently live right now. Um, we live, we occupy one of the units of a fourplex building, um, that we were able to get down, get with our FHA loan. Um, this property we bought for $300,000. We put three and a half percent down, uh, with closing costs. I think it put us a little over $20,000. 
um, $20,000 down. Our mortgage is $20,50 a month. And this is the best part. Um, so we have it completely rented out for $25,70 total. But we are also living for free. So we make a profit of about $500 off of this property. We aren't paying for where we live. And we're cash flowing off of the duplex that we just moved out of. So from the time we started, we started, um, we closed on our first deal in the spring of 2016. And we closed on our second deal in the late fall of 2017. So in basically a year and a half, we went from having our first deal and discounting our rent to $500 a month, or it wasn't rent, but our mortgage to $500 sure. a month out of pocket to living for free and cash flowing over a thousand dollars a month. Wow. Yeah. So that's so impactful there. And yeah, it's just, it's so crazy what real estate can do for people in their personal financial picture. So day one, you're renting your own apartment with your husband for $900 a month. You buy that duplex. Now you're having somebody subsidize your monthly living expenses. You're only paying 500. Then you refinance, get into this fourplex. And now you're actually creating cash flow for yourself and living for free. So that is a huge swing in just a matter of like two years. It's really yes. changed your whole like personal financial picture for your family. So crazy, crazy stuff. I mean, it's just so powerful to think that real estate can do that for somebody in just a short amount of time. Yeah, it was, it, it was amazing. No. And then it just got faster and faster. Then, you know, we went from paying nothing. So that was an additional $500 a month in our pocket. Then we're making this cash flow and then we're on a roll and we kind of went down to the, you know, almost back to the Dave Ramsey, really rice and beans. Cause we're like, how fast can we get the next one? Let's, let's keep going. Um, so in February, I called my February of 2018. So again, closed in, October 2017 on the second property. February 2018, I called my agent again. I said, I'm ready for the next one. Um, actually ended up finding, my mom ended up finding a property that she heard through the grapevine was going up for sale. Um, the people didn't have to even have a for sale sign in the yard. I saw some equipment and looked like they were fixing stuff up. I drove up and knocked on the door and um, it took, we did not I basically made an offer in late February on this duplex that was unfinished and we didn't end up closing because of just people working on it and taking their time until June of this year. Um, but from there we went from, you know, again, in just a few months, our total cash flow is over $1,500 a month and that's counting out different expenses and um, our average repair costs per month. So some months it's better, some some months it's a little less. It's really never been less than that. And so the crazy thing is that, again, I want to go back to the $900 a month we were paying in rent two and a half years ago. And here we are now, you know, we're not making, you know, we're not Donald Trump or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like we gave ourselves almost a $30,000 raise in two years, you know, and, you know, we're living for free. If people could go back and someone said, hey, in two years, you could be mortgage free and have these assets that are paying you back in more ways with, than one with some cash flow. You know, would you take that plunge? Would you just go for it and see what you can find? Yeah, I think that's a great question for the audience members out there. And I think let's just take a second and let that sink in. If you could change your financial picture in just two years, would you take that plunge? Would you take action today and go out there? And obviously, you've already turned on this podcast, but pick up a book, go to a meetup, you know, run some numbers on a property, maybe make an offer on a property. Would you go out there and make that commitment if you knew that your financial picture in just two years could be dramatically different? So yeah, such powerful stuff there. So mm -hmm. now that you're making all this cash flow, I'm assuming you guys have, <laughs> yeah, <all laughs> I'm assuming you guys have gone out and leased maybe what a 
brand new BMW and you, you know, you're looking for, you know, exotic vacations or what are you going to reinvest your money? You know, what's that look like? Yeah. So, um, you know, we're still, we're going for the repeat. I'm hoping to find something, uh, before the end of the year, another property, another multifamily that's kind of become my niche. Um, I feel like at least for the time being, uh, one of the things we love to do is, um, you know, we love to travel. Um, we like to try and one of our things is after every property we've bought, we've gone on a vacation out of country. Um, we, after we closed on our duplex in the newest one that we just got, we went to Greece, um, and we took my baby and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, we, there's a balance there for the rice and beans that we sometimes eat and things like that. We, we do like to go on a nice vacation. Um, we, we aren't leasing vehicles yet. Uh, that's not really our style. Um, I drive a Toyota Camry. My husband does drive a nicer truck, um, that we got for the properties when we started, you know, making some cash flow and things, but really we're just focused on, um, we have some pretty hot, um, some pretty lofty goals for the future. We want to be completely financially free, um, before our mid thirties. Um, not saying we're going to walk away from our jobs and just quit. Um, we both really, really like our jobs, but it's important to us to have the option there that if needed, we could walk away from, um, from, you know, the working world like that. Um, you know, I have, I have a child. I want to have more children. I've been blessed that my child's in good health, but um, anything could happen. And I, my mom went to the hospital just a couple of months ago and um, I was so thankful for my job for working with me and helping me. But, you know, I want, if something were like that were to happen again, it would be great that if needed, if I needed to take a break from, you know, my W2 career and I could stay at home and help people, then I like having that option available. So that's our, that's our big goals. And that's kind of what we're putting our money towards. Yeah, I love it. And that obviously resonates well with everybody here. That's what we're all about here on the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast. So great stuff there. Now, Christian, I wanted to dive into this and ask you about how you've been investing while maintaining a full-time job and essentially treating this as a side hustle. But first, let's take a quick message from this week's sponsor. For those of you who have heard episode 127, you remember our guest, John Matheson from Commercial Loan Success. Well, I'm now a customer of CLS myself, and here's why. Their software platform has enabled me to vet a couple of deals I'm working on. It's very intuitive to use. I simply put in my income and expense numbers, and in minutes, I know if my deal is favorable in the bank size. Now, not only can you vet a deal for lending if you own rental property and you are looking to sell or refinance, you can establish a realistic selling price or find out how you look before going into the bank. Now, I know many of you are in the market for properties, and I have not found a better tool to use than CLS. They have screeners for apartments, mixed use, and pure commercial properties. On top of that, they have a resource center full of videos and tutorials if you need some extra help. So if that's something that you might be interested in, check out the link in the show notes for more information. Now, coming back to the topic, Christian, let's talk about how you've managed to invest in real estate while maintaining a full-time job. Tell us what that's been like and just walk us through that. Yes. Um, yeah, it is kind of our side hustle, but it's very important to us. You know, it's people's lives. It's where they live. So we take it very seriously. Um, but uh, so one of the things is I work at night. Um, so I'm really thankful for that. 
because I am available during the day to work on any projects or things like that that come up. So basically, I never sleep, uh, but I'm okay <laughs> with really that. You really don't. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Um, and yeah, and we spend weekends and nights and weekends, um, you know, it's a sacrifice, you know, we're not spending every Saturday and Sunday just chilling, watching Netflix or going to happy hours and hanging out. You know, we're running out to the properties, you know, fixing, um, uh, fixing little projects and doing stuff, uh, maintenance ourselves. We don't want that to be the game forever. You know, we're, you know, eventually we will, we hope to get property management or something like that. But right now that is what we have to do and it works for us. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's a lot of sacrifice. I work very hard. Um, my day, days usually run around working, getting some sleep, making sure I'm caught up with my W2 because that is what has what allowed us to, you know, get these properties and then being there for my son, my son goes to daycare during the day so that I can catch up and handle the properties. Um, and yeah, we recently hired, um, a bookkeeper to help us keep on track. So we made some sacrifices there, a little professional change there. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a lot of work. Definitely. I'm not going to lie, but, uh, for the payout and, you know, the, the payout that we've been having so far and how quickly I feel like the hours spent in it, um, don't add up, you know, like yeah, I, right. we, we get more benefit than the work we're putting in, which almost seems like cheating sometimes, but you know, I can't, I can't lie about it. There are months where we have crazy, crazy, everything goes wrong. And um, if you follow me on Instagram, I, I had like a week <laughs> where I posted, I was like, today, everything broke. <laughs> and like in every property I was getting a call, but then we'll have a whole month where we don't get a single call. I'm checking in with tenants to make sure things are okay. We're so. exploring islands in Greece with your one-year-old, just completely, you know, yeah. worry-free. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys are self-managing your properties right now because that's what makes sense for you. You know, you're living in these units. So, you know, you're getting your hands dirty and, you know, gaining that experience to self-manage. Obviously one day you want to be able to maybe build a property management company, outsource the management company, whatever that looks like in your future to be determined. But so maybe dispel some myths to people out there, you know, have this trepidation about self-managing and, you know, you know, late night calls and, you know, you know, I'm clogging toilets and you know, all like the scary war stories you hear, you know, you really haven't had so much of that. So maybe dispel some of those myths for people. Sure. So one thing we have done and I've made a point and I learned this kind of in, um, with reading books and listening to different podcasts, um, you know, we definitely make sure we don't buy properties that look like they're going to be crazy, crazy work. Um, obviously we're not scared of work. Um, but you know, we're not, we're not out there getting fixer uppers right now. You know, we're getting the things that need a little bit here and there stuff that we can handle. Um, so I've only had one late night phone call and it was funny. It was, uh, week after we bought our very first duplex, I was in California for work. It was probably nine o'clock at night, California time. So it was 11 o'clock in Dallas or 10 o'clock in Dallas. And tenant calls and says, Hey, your AC is not working. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is where it begins. What did I get myself into? Like this oh, no. starts. I'm going to get these calls all the time. And I was freaking out how much is this going to cost? Like what I'm, you know, Googling how much to replace AC systems, thousands upon thousands of dollars. Um, and actually it was like a $300 repair because again, we did our due diligence. We didn't get anything that was, we paid good money for a good inspector up front. We didn't, get a property that we knew was going to be falling apart at the seams. Um, it was a couple hundred buck repair and I really haven't had any, any calls since then. Um, 
and yeah, we do a lot of our self, uh, our own maintenance. We do as much as we can. Um, but yeah, there are some things that I just don't touch, you know, electrical and stuff like that. And I just call the, so for every couple hundred bucks I save by fixing my own faucet or, you know, something like that, then I have that money set aside so that I can pay that electrician. So I can pay that garage to, door repairman because I don't want to get eaten by mosquitoes while I'm trying to figure something out on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> so, so yeah, but it's been really good. Um, again, we one thing we do up front that really helps with the late night calls or the, the crazy maintenance requests is when we get a property, um, we really do our due diligence on trying to fix as many issues up front. Um, that's been in our properties that we acquired tenants and in our new property where we didn't have any tenants. We had to put tenants in there ourselves. Um, so that involved going to the tenants and saying, Hey, let me know everything that's wrong with your property right now. And we spent that first, you know, couple weeks, just project on end, project on end, project on end. But the tenants were very thankful that we got in there and we fixed some of these things that have been bothering them for months and they had been putting maintenance requests with the old owners and nothing was getting fixed. Um, and then it was great turning over brand new apartments that we knew were up to standard to tenants where we weren't going to be getting those calls. Hey, something broke. So yeah. Yeah. I love it. So when you're going into this whole real estate investing journey, some of your friends, even maybe family members probably looking at you thinking, Oh man, you're crazy for taking on that project. You're crazy for taking on those headaches. And you know, you know, I would never do that. So talk about, you know, having to, you know, still, still take on these, you know, challenges and do that when you've got a little bit of, you know, maybe people who are detracting from your ultimate goal. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I would say we bought our first property and people kind of thought we were crazy because I was, I was talking about it a lot beforehand. Yeah. We're buying a duplex or a fourplex something. We're getting it. We're doing an FHA. We were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sure. The rest of us have single family homes, rent nice apartments. So that's probably what you're going to do. We didn't do it. And they're like, oh, and it was funny. We had some people come around, some friends like, oh, this is where you're living. Uh, I don't know about that. And I'm like, I'm just going to block it out, block it out, block it out. Then our second property, we went from living in a great three bed, two bath, tons of space to living in a one bed, one bath unit in a fourplex, um, which was great when my baby was tiny and didn't walk around, but now he runs around destroying everything. And it's like a baseball <laughs> and a China cabinet. Um, so it's pretty tight in here. We don't have a lot of people over, but uh, again, you know, it's a sacrifice that we're making just for the time being to get us to the next level. Um, so yeah, we just keep pushing through. I do make friends with people who are other active investors. I try to spend time talking to those people um, and getting the encouragement from them. And now with this third property, uh, there's been kind of a spin. Some of our closest friends, they went from being like, are you sure you want to do this? Are you sure you want to do this? You're crazy to, hey, you're doing this. This is awesome. Oh my gosh, I'm so proud of you. You know, uh, keep it up. Like, heck yeah, you're, you're doing what you want to do. Like, let's do this. Yeah, show so, me how to buy my first yeah. deal. You know, how'd you manage that first deal? You know, you start seeing that light bulb switch sometimes in people. So yeah, yeah, it's really cool. And it's fun when people are like, you know, maybe they're not wanting to get an investment property, but maybe they're looking at getting their first home and they're reaching out to us saying, hey, can you give us some advice on lenders or how we look for properties or this and that. And we spent so much time studying all the different areas in DFW that we're able to really kind of give them a little bit of insight. So that's, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Awesome. Well, you've kind of alluded to it, Christian, but uh, you know, talk about what your future goals are for you and Cameron and your investing journey going forward. Yeah, definitely. So again, you know, we want to establish um, financial freedom. Our goal is by the time we're in our mid thirties, doesn't mean we're going to walk away from our careers that day, but we just want that option there. Um, 
you know, Cameron and I, we love to travel. So one of our big goals is we'd love to live abroad um, with our children, obviously, future children, <laughs> uh, not leaving behind. Uh, we'd like to do that. And, you know, we don't want to wait until we're older. You know, we, we'd like to do it here soon in the next, you know, probably hopefully in the le next less than 10 years. Um, also, you know, I really, really, really love to give back. So um, one thing we're really big on is tithing. Um, and one of the best things about making more cash flow is to give more. Um, so I definitely, we have a few projects we give to. We give to an orphanage in Haiti and orphanage in Honduras very regularly. Um, and we, we want to keep giving to those projects and finding more really great projects like that um, where we can give big help. Um, and then also the biggest thing is um, I love the idea of building some sort of system, whether we into property management one day or just own maybe a couple apartment complexes or something of, of building a business that, you know, maybe my friends and family could turn around and work for. I know the big rule is, you know, be careful working with friends and family. But when I say that, I say like, maybe one day I'll own an apartment complex and my dad in his retirement, he can be the lawn guy. You know, he would, <laughs> he would love something like that. I would love to give him something like that, you know, and, um, and so that's the kind of, you know, dreams that I have. Yeah. So ultimately first, you know, you've got to have the ability to help yourself. And if yes. you can't help yourself, you can't help others. So now that you're going to get to this point of helping others, giving back to these charities that mean a lot to you and helping other people achieve financial freedom and, and help them build wealth through the avenue that's helped you so much, I think is so important and so cool. And at the end of the day, it really helps keep you driving and, you know, be more inclined to take those late night phone calls and you yeah. know, you know, <laughs> you know, brush those off with, you know, not so much aggravation. Absolutely. Absolutely. It makes it all worth it. It's a lot of fun. We've sat down with even a couple of friends um, and some of them, they're wanting to buy their first property. We've sat down and we helped map out a plan and some of them, they just want to get out of their financial craziness, their craziness of being up with the Joneses. And, you know, they just want a clear path to know where, you know, where their money's going to go and where it should be, you know, where it should go. And it's really great to build the, those people that some of our friends yeah, I love it. Well, Christian, as we're wrapping up here, we've got a lightning round, just a series of questions we ask every one of our guests. I know you're ultra familiar with them. So you want to take them on? Yes, definitely. Definitely. Lightning round number one is biggest hurdle getting started um, in real estate investing. And how did I overcome it? Well, I love uh, it. I don't even have to interview oh, you. Oh, sorry. You just... I thought you said when you said take it on, I meant like you meant me to ask myself a question. <laughs> no, this works though. I'll just, uh, I'll be quiet and you run with it. <laughs> well, the answer to that one is um, definitely getting approved for that first and second loan was really difficult. Um, it was a very time consuming process. We were getting questions like, why don't you have credit history? And, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. We're like, uh, you know, we're 25 years old. Where course. are all your assets? Yeah. Yeah. It was like, you know, what the heck? Uh, yeah. Why don't you have any assets? Okay. Um, and you know, that was, that was really hard. It was really stressful, but we just kept pushing through. And even the second one, they're like, why are you kids doing this again? Are you sure you want to take on four units? You know? And we just kept getting questioned by like the underwriter and I'm like, gosh, can't this lady give us a break? Um, but it was funny cause then we had our third loan and that was, crazy, crazy easy. Um, it was great. We, we had a system, we had all of our documents ready and it was like a cakewalk. So I'm hoping a couple moving forward, I know they won't all be that easy, but I'm hoping moving, moving forward, everything gets easier. Yeah. I love it. Uh, awesome. Well, Christian, do you have a personal habit that contributes to your success? Yeah, I don't sleep ever. Uh, no. <laughs> That's actually very valuable. 
<laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. But I will say um, I love um, the Miracle Morning routine. Um, Miracle Morning is a book by Hal Elrod. I know it's been brought up a ton of times on your show. Um, so it, working nights, it's a little bit difficult. I don't always get that actual miracle morning routine. Um, but I kind of use the savers, um, as kind of a checklist throughout my entire day and getting those things into my day, even if they're not all at once or not when I right, wake up, uh, wake up right away. Um, it really helps me stay on track throughout the day on my focus on all my goals. And that's one of my other favorite things that I love to do. I love to set goals. I'm a little bit addicted to it. Um, I have my 10x goals, which I'll get into. Um, and then from there, my husband and I, we create annual goals and we go on dates where we review them every quarter and see where we're at. We try and hold each other accountable. Um, I turn those goals then into monthly goals, into weekly, and then daily tasks. And it really helps me stay on track. I honestly think it's one of the biggest keys to us being able to keep the momentum up as we're going with these properties, um, as while still working full-time jobs and being parents. Um, I try and do something in the aspects of spiritual, financial, fitness, education, business, and marriage every day. Um, those are kind of my little categories and they're kind of, there's quite a few. I know I'm going against like everything that's said in the book, the one thing by Gary Keller, but <laughs> sure. it's just what works for me. Again, I don't sleep a ton. Um, I do get healthy, decently healthy amounts of sleep. Uh, but yeah, I just try and keep myself on task all day long, focused on what I'm trying to accomplish in those areas. Yeah, I love it. And I think having goals is super important. And I love how you take your 10x goals that these are these are your big long-term goals. Let's say, you know, you're going to set a big long-term goal of one day I'm going to own 5,000 rental units. Well, you break that down into actionable steps. So you're not just waiting until you're 50 years old and hoping that 5,000 units are going to fall in your lap. You're doing things, you know, in a decade and then break them into a year and then a month and a week and a day. And I love that. So I think it's really actionable and helps you stay on track like you mentioned. Yeah. You know, I don't remember who said it, um, but you know, somebody said a goal without a plan is just a wish. So you need to have that plan. If you want to accomplish those goals, you, anybody can sit there all day long and say, you know, I want to build a really nice real estate portfolio and then just sit and dream about it. Um, you got to take those steps to, if you want to accomplish those things. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Christian, do you have an online resource that you find valuable? Yes, YouTube. <laughs> I am YouTube queen. I don't post videos on YouTube, but I watch all of them. Um, all all has, the videos. Yeah, all the videos. It has to do with home improvement. Um, I, yeah, I watch them. Any, any issue, anything. Um, if I run it, a tenant's giving us a, sending us a text message saying, hey, this is not working. If I can't get to their unit right away, I'm like, send me a picture and try and describe to me in 15 words or less exactly what the problem is. And then right away I'm on YouTube and I'm looking up how to fix this. What are the possible issues or reasons why this might not be working? Um, we've been able to save, I dare say thousands of dollars just because of YouTube education. So I love it. Um, I also love the bigger pockets forums. That is a great resource for real estate, um, you know, investment. Just, I don't post as much on there. My goal is to start posting more. But I love reading other people's posts. I love reading the articles and reading other people's responses. It's very, very valuable. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Christian, what book would you recommend to the listeners and why? Um, my number one favorite book, the book that I swear changed my life, was 10X Rule by Grant Cardone. Um, I, you know, again, it was one of those podcasts and a good friend recommended it to me. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it 
it's it's just an amazing book. It just takes it's a mindset book. It just takes your mind and blows it out of the water. Um, and I recommend it to everyone I know. Um, I also love The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. Um, there are tons of great real estate books out there. You know, um, the Millionaire Real Estate Investor. Um, I love the ABCs to Real Estate Investing by Ken McElroy. Yes, there's that's a great, great one. Um, the Bigger Pockets books, all of them are really great. Um, but man, those two books, they just I I try and reread them at least twice a year because they just help kick my butt into gear and make sure I'm I'm continued headed towards those goals. Yeah, so that's the 10x rule by Grant Cardone and the Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. We'll link both of those books in the show notes. If you haven't picked them up, definitely do so. Well, Christian, last question: If you were to give advice to your 20-year-old self to get started investing in real estate, what would that be? I would say, watch out for student loans. <laughs> uh, my husband and I—that was probably one of the most interesting. I don't want to call it a mistake because we both love our college experience and all those things, but there are definitely better ways to go about it. I wish we had both been a little bit more creative. Um, I did have some, I did have scholarships and I did have different programs that I was in, but I could have done more uh, to avoid that. Um, So every once in a while, I always think like, man, we could be like buying so many more properties if we weren't making these crazy loan payments. Um, But, you know, we're tackling them and, you know, it's no big deal. We're, actually not really super tackling them because I'd rather build up real estate and passive income first. But um, yeah, I would definitely watch out for that. And then I would just say, oh my gosh, you live in this awesome college town. You're going to be there for six years. Get your craft together and try and buy your first property there. And then, (laughs) you know, buy a couple and then leave them there and go return to them when you want to go to games and run them out to people. I, I wish I could go back to my college town and, and maybe one day I will, but um, you know, I, I wish I'd, I could go back in time and have bought just all the properties I could while in college. So, yeah, I love it. Well, Christian, it's been a long time coming to get you on the podcast. You and I have been friends for quite some time and I've always told you, Hey, come on, let's talk about your journey. Let's share your journey with the listeners. I think it's a unique one. And I think it brings a lot of value to people out there who are maybe looking to just buy their first deal or get started investing in real estate. You actually post a lot of on your social media about your real estate investing through your handle CCT Rentals and of course your personal name at Christian Montalvo. So tell us a little bit about where people can find you and what to expect there. Sure, sure. Um, you can reach out to me. I'm on Bigger Pockets, Christian Montalvo. Um, uh, my email is cctrentals.tx at gmail.com. Feel free to email me. And I am really, I'm a millennial. I love Instagram. Um, I'm very, very active on Instagram, my personal account. And um, CCT Rentals is our real estate account. Um, I get messages everyone not tons I'm not like super popular but you know I get a couple of messages and I love um reaching out communicating talking to people on there I love the connections I've made through there um so yeah those are some great ways to get a hold of me yeah I love following you on social media every time I watch your Instagram I learn something about real estate investing myself whether that's changing a wax ring on a toilet or financing you know a new duplex so I love it well Christian is there any other parting piece of advice you'd like to leave with our audience members as we're wrapping up today Sure, sure. Um, So I'm a firm believer of how you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Um, So I would say this has been really key into my husband and I meeting our goals, whether it's me and my mom goals, hashtag mom goals, um, (laughs) with his fitness goals, um, things like that. And definitely in our real estate. Um, You know, if you're hanging out with people who are living paycheck to paycheck and they love to spend money, guess what? You're probably going to be doing the same thing. If you're hanging out with people who only want to Netflix and chill and 
not really get off the couch on the weekends or only going to go watch movies, you know, you're going to be doing that too. But if you get around some people that are, you know, you make in your core group of friends or even in your core group of people you talk to on a weekly basis, people that are motivated and they're doing things with their lives that you would like to do, you're God willing, eventually going to be motivated to do something and start chasing your own goals or, you know, a similar fashion in what they're doing. So definitely, you know, you think about that. I try and think about that every single day. I am the average of the five people I spend the most time with. That's at work. You know, when I'm at work, I want to spend time with the five people who are killing it in my job, you know, my boss, um, some of my coworkers, I want to spend as much time with them so I can be a good worker, you know, uh, with fitness, I want at my CrossFit gym. I want to be friends with the most fit girls in the gym, you know, so <laughs> everybody should really take that to heart. Yeah, definitely. So you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. I think that's a quote by Jim Rome, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, so yes. yeah, absolutely love it. It's definitely true. So you know, an actual step you could take to start spending time with people who are doing what it is you want to do or go to meetups, go to conferences, network, reach out to people online, get on forums, you know, just just immerse yourself in whatever it is you want to do. Search out that person that's doing or has been where you want to be or doing. And yeah, before you know it, you'll be the average of the five people you're spending that that time with. So absolutely love it, Christian. Hey, it's been so fun having you on. Had a lot of fun talking with you today. And I think your journey is one that a lot of people will resonate with and get a lot from, you know, starting from, you know, a recent college graduate with no real estate experience to having over, what is it, eight units and counting now. You're absolutely killing it. So, hey, I really look forward to having you back on the show in the near future. Thanks, Jacob. I can't wait to be back. Yes, definitely. Take care, Kristen. You too. Bye. All right. That wraps up this week's episode with our guest, Christian Montalvo. Well, hey, I really hope you got a ton of value from Christian's journey and her story. I think she gives a lot to learn from in terms of being able to get started with little to no real estate experience. And she uses some really cool strategies such as using that low down payment, house hacking, buying her very first duplex, living in one unit and renting out the other, and then rinsing and repeating that process. So lots of good takeaways today from the show. If you've got any questions about anything mentioned, feel free to reach out to Christian or myself. For more information, resources, and to connect with me, you can visit www.jacobairs.com. Till next week, engineer the lifestyle you want. You've been listening to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast, providing you actionable content to build your real estate empire. Nothing on this show should be considered specific, personal, or professional advice. Please consult an appropriate tax, legal, real estate, financial, or business professional for personal advice. The opinions of guests are their own. Information is not guaranteed. All investment strategies have a potential for profit or loss. The host is operating on behalf of the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom, LLC, exclusively.